unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Ah, our dear friend Thomas, the icon of outspoken doubt. Since Easter fell on April Fool's Day this year, I find myself particularly grateful to meet this familiar skeptical character a week later. His friends had been telling him, we have seen the Lord, but he wasn't planning to be fooled by anyone or anything. He insisted on seeing for himself, and thank goodness for that, no? In this era of purported fake news and conspicuous practices of public dishonesty, doubting Thomas has become something of a hero for me. Doubt, wrote author Nora Gallagher, is the handmaiden to faith. It keeps it honest. And it worked for Thomas, right? He got exactly the reassurance he wanted even if those others who have not seen and have yet come to believe got more public praise from Jesus. But being somewhat inclined to skepticism myself, um, I found myself wondering why the fixation on the wounds? In what way did they help Thomas resolve his doubts? Surely the wounds themselves were not necessary to authenticate Jesus. There is no indication in this story that he was unrecognizable, as was the case in some of the other post-resurrection narratives. Nor were the wounds proof of resurrection. Everyone knew how he had been killed, and he was standing right there in front of him, for goodness sake. As best I can tell, the wounds were signs that Jesus was woundable, which means that whatever the new life of the resurrection was and is, it did not erase the pain that Jesus had suffered. Now, a lot of ink has been spilled over Thomas's doubts, and a, and a lot of paint, too, no? Some of you may have seen representations of the story, perhaps most famously Caravaggio's luminous incredulity of Thomas, in which three disciples lean into the exposed side of Jesus while Thomas pushes his finger right into an open wound. This image is uniquely beautiful and disturbing, but it's not the only one of its kind. In fact, there were so many medieval and Renaissance representations of the open wounds of Christ, sometimes with Thomas present, sometimes not, that they are actually their own genre of painting called ostentatio vulnerum, which we translate as the showing of the wounds, but of course, literally, it means ostentatious vulnerability. Ostentatious vulnerability. This way of representing Christ resurrected isn't so popular in 21st century American circles, particularly in the Protestant church, Maybe because our 24-hour news cycle is already saturated with more than enough images of woundedness. If it bleeds, it leads, as they say. Or maybe because it's really uncomfortable to look at wounds, both our own and the ones we've inflicted on others. 
Ostentatio vulnerum, ostentatious vulnerability, is not our preferred way of communicating Christian faith in paintings or otherwise. But maybe it should be. Jean Vanier, a Catholic theologian and humanitarian who invested most of his life ministering with people with developmental disabilities, wrote, coming to terms with life means embracing the essence of our humanity, which is vulnerable. Life implies death. Loving one another implies the possibility of humiliation or rejection. This is our reality. But to live in fear is not to live at all. And so we must be vulnerable so that we are free from fear, free to love. You know, it's not just the coincidence of April Fool's Day and Easter that has left me a bit confused about the calendar this year. This past Wednesday was the day when the Episcopal Church in our annual commemoration of holy people remembered Martin Luther King Jr. And it was also the 50th anniversary of his assassination, the memory of which kicked me right back into the middle of Good Friday. How infinite is our human capacity for violence? How far we as a people have not yet come in dealing with our national wounds of slavery and racism. To admit that we are complicit in wounding others and indeed deeply wounded ourselves raises existential fears for us. If we are ostentatious in our vulnerability, will we be judged and found wanting? Will we be rejected? Now we can hide our shame and vulnerability to a point, but fear of being seen for who we truly are can itself become kind of a prison for us. And some wounds do not heal properly if they remain covered up. Thank goodness the gospel teaches that there is more power in the honest acknowledgement of pain than in any pretense of false wholeness. The cries of Black Lives Matter, Stefan Clark's family, the Me Too and Never Again movements, refugee mothers and children's at our, children at our borders, they continue to show us that there are wounds, deep wounds in our communities. It's hard to hear and hard to look at. But Thomas knew that God had and has no interest in hiding the truth of our woundedness. The resurrection was not fake news papering, papering over the ugly fact of the execution of Jesus, but rather that God's definitive statement that love is stronger than our fear of wounds, stronger even than death itself. If this good news is to be fully believable, though, we're going to have to own up to the truth of our woundedness and allow ourselves to see and be touched by the wounds of others. I'm not going to pretend that this is easy work, but we can do hard things. And when we do so, we may find that we touch Jesus Christ himself who empowers us to do the work of healing 
and reconciliation. His wounds remind us that Easter does not erase Good Friday, but rather transforms it. The resurrected body is the one that can bear both hurt and hope. April Fool's Day, Easter, Good Friday, what time is it then in our liturgical calendar? The time is always ripe to do what is right, said Dr. King in his last sermon at Washington National Cathedral. It may well be that we have to repent in this generation, he said, not merely for the vitriolic words and the violent actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence and indifference of the good people who sit around and say, wait on time. Somewhere we must come to see that human progress never rolls on the wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts and the persistent work of dedicated individuals who are willing to be co-workers with God. People of God, whatever doubts may have brought us here this morning, what, may we risk asking for the reassurance we need, like Thomas did, Whatever wounds we may be bearing in our bodies or souls, let us risk revealing them to each other like Jesus did. Whatever wounds our brothers and sisters bear, let us be brave to look upon them, touch them even, and let their pain empower us for peacemaking. Let us be co-workers with them and with God. As the Father sent Jesus, so he sends you, remember our gospel said. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who came into the world vulnerable for our sakes, and who was wounded that we might be made whole. Amen. <laughs>